so good to be with you this morning. Uh, who has an actual physical Bible with them? No? All right. Well, not. Who has a, an electronic Bible with them? Yes, good. All right. If you want to turn with me or, or punch in your screen, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 is where we're going to start this morning. Today is the second of Advent, and so we're going to be highlighting. Anyone know what the second of Advent is relating to? There you go. Very good job. Peace. <laughs> you're all so quiet. You're like, it's peace, Pastor Brandon. So we're going to sit in peace. Good job. All right. Luke chapter 2. I mean, I thought I was going to be a lot faster at this than I am. All right, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. I like having my physical Bible with me sometimes. I'm going to go 8 to 15. And if you don't have a physical or electronic Bible, we will also have it up here on the screen. All right, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. How many of you would be terrified of a celestial being with a great light showed up? Yeah, I might think in, in that first split moment, it was the, uh, an airplane coming down in the middle of the night. That's probably what my first thought would be. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Okay, that's good. Good. I don't need to be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. To you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heaven. So not only just the angel in all of its glory and splendor, but then even a bigger show of angels decided to show up, uh, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the, the shepherds outside in the middle of the night, minding their own business, a, the angel in all of its glory showed up, and then a great heavenly host showed up, and they just kind of chilling and said, hey, let's just go to Bethlehem. The angel gave them the assurance, hey, don't be afraid. I think I might still be a little bit of afraid. These angels in the sky, anybody else with me? All right, a few of you, good, good, I'm not alone. But the angels came saying, hey, a Savior's been born, the Messiah, and you're going to receive peace on whom his favor rests. And if you want to scroll back a few books in your electronic Bible to Isaiah chapter 8, we have the um, Isaiah, a prophet to the children of Israel, came out and said, hey, here's a great thing that's going to happen. Chapter 8, verse 19 says this, When someone tells you to consult mediums and spirits who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. 
Distressed and hungry, they will roam from the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and only see distress and darkness, fearful and gloom. And when they and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he, the Father, the Lord, humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Amen. He, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From, the time, from that time on, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The children of Israel in the time of Jesus, they were looking for a Messiah. We had the prophecies of Isaiah, the prophecies of many of the Old Testament prophets said, hey, there's going to come a new king, a Messiah, a Savior. And what did the children of Israel look for? What, who did they want? They wanted a political king. They wanted a political uh, savior. They had been dealing with the Assyrians for hundreds of years. Then there was the Babylonians. And then it was the, uh, and at Jesus's time, it was the Romans. The children of Israel, the Jews, they said, hey, we want to be done with this. We want to be our own nation. We want to rule ourselves. We don't want somebody else to come in here and attack us. They've been dealing with it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it doesn't, it just goes to show the despise that the children of Israel had for even the Syrians. That's why Jonah, in the book of Jonah, he said, I'm not going to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian country. He said, I don't want to go there. They've been ruling over us. They, they're jerks. I don't like them. Why should I go there, God? Why should I allow your peace to come to that nation? But that's exactly what God wanted to do. See, the children of Israel, they had a narrow view of peace. They wanted a political ruler, someone to set them free as a political nation. But guess what? Jesus came to set them free, but not in the way that they thought or dreamt. He came to establish a new government, but he first wanted to set them free from themselves, from their rituals. See, the Father sent his Son to restore and indwell peace. Say it again, the Father sent His Son to restore and indwell peace. Again, as today is the second of Advent and we're looking at, at peace, Isaiah and the angels all proclaimed peace. The angel said, peace on those to whom His favor rests. And Isaiah called Him the Prince of Peace. And so we're going to look at these two areas, 
uh, how we have the Prince of Peace. He restores relationship with the Father and He indwells peace within us. This first idea of re re restoring our relationship with the Father. As, we, as I mentioned in communion, the sin that we have is what prevents us from having a right relationship. If we look all the way back to the beginning in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve walked in the garden with the Father. Not just like some being that we have, that we think of now, like, oh, we pray to God and we can't really see him. No, he was actually in the garden walking with them. In Genesis chapter 3, it says they heard the Lord walking. Imagine that. Imagine the opportunity to walk, physically walk with the Lord. But because of sin, that was destroyed. And God tried to rescue his people and, and create a, a process for them to come to get to know him, but it just didn't work out. There was only one person that could ever be in the presence of the Lord, and that happened one time a year. Imagine what we had here this morning. The presence of the Lord is here this morning. Imagine only one of us being able to be in this situation one time a year. And we have to go through a long ritualistic process in order to be able to qualify ourselves for that. Because if the priest walked into that, what's called the Holy of Holies, the, the place where the presence of the Lord was, if the priest walked in there with even a hint of sin, some unconfessed sin, some unconfessed attitude, the presence of the Lord would kill the priest immediately. It's quite interesting to read that. They, they tied a rope around their ankle just in case. Because they were that afraid that, oh, maybe something's wrong inside of me. But to walk into the presence, because then if the priest went down with a crash, they knew to pull him out. Imagine that presence. So strong, so convicting, so powerful. Yet when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says when he breathed his last, when that final breath happened, it said there was an earthquake and the veil, the veil that separated the, uh, the temple and the Holy of Holies, that was ripped into. No longer were individuals blocked by a veil and only one person could visit the presence of the Lord. God's presence was accessible from that moment on to everybody. Why? Because Jesus restored the relationship with the Father. Jesus came to bring us inner peace. As Isaiah talked about in, that, in, verse, in chapter 8, eight in the, towards the end, he said, why are we consulting mediums and psychics? Even today, people are consulting mediums and psychics. Why? Because people want inner peace. We look to so many things out there to bring us peace, to bring us, I'm just so turmoil and so troubled on the inside. I need something to make me feel better about myself or my situation or my life. And we try so many other things, whether it's meditation or yoga or sports or drugs or television or music or friends. Yet the Bible says, and Jesus made it clear, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus came to restore our peace. In Romans 5.10, it says, we are enemies of God, but yet... God demonstrates his, his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. No more veil. No more priests communicating on our behalf. We now have a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father because of what Jesus did. Amen? 
we now can have an inner peace because of what the Heavenly Father did. We have that peace between the two of us. No more exclusive rights. No more one person for going in the presence for everyone. We all have open access. Our Father is a Father of inclusion. He wants everybody to have an opportunity to be with Him, to be called His daughter or to be called His son. Just takes a moment of recognizing Jesus' restorative power in your relationship with your Heavenly Father and accepting that and allowing Him to be there. So Jesus came to restore and He came to indwell. Now, when growing up, I, I heard a lot about the Holy Spirit indwelling the believers. That was a, a term that was used a lot as I, I grew up. We, I don't think we use it too much anymore. But I found it to be a powerful word as I was studying for this. Indwell means permanently present in. Permanently present in. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit to indwell in us. That means when Jesus left the earth and went to the Father, He sent the Holy Spirit, the Helper, to be a permanent indwelling within us. So not only did Jesus restore relationship and the peace between us and the Father, He sent peace to be inside of us. Isn't that incredible? We have the peace of the Father inside of us through the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Let's be honest. In this life, we can't avoid strife. Even Jesus said it's going to be hard to be a follower of Him. But this, as Isaiah said in the Old Testament, fixing our minds steadfast on Him. And then we move forward to Philippians. We need to fix our thoughts on Him, the Word. We need to create a new environment. Let's, let's borrow a popular term. Let's create climate change within our lives. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to change the climate within inside of us. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, a very popular support of Scripture says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. We have a solution for the, for the anxiety. I'm not talking about the, the mental state of anxiety and the disorder. I'm just talking about the worry that we often will have about day-to-day -day things. The Bible says, Tell God what we need, thank Him, fix our hearts and minds on Him, and then think about these things. Think about what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. So often for me, I think about, I don't always think about things that are that way. And then I wonder, why do I struggle 
with having inner peace? Why do I struggle with my thoughts? Why do I feel anxious all the time? It's because I'm not following the word of the Lord. His word says we're not going to be absent of turmoil, but there's a promise of peace in the midst of it. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is here. He is our helper. Jesus, when Jesus went up, up to heaven, the Holy Spirit came. But we weren't alive then, were we, with Jesus? Were we alive? Was anybody alive with Jesus then? No. So when did the Holy Spirit come and be a part of us? When we accepted that restoration of the relationship with Jesus Christ, we said, Jesus, be my Savior. I realize I have messed up and I'm at sin. Come be my Lord and Savior. In that moment, the Holy Spirit came and is indwelling in us. He's permanently present inside of us. Not permanently absent, not just permanently residing. He is present. He is there, like attentive. Not like me sitting in front of uh, American football this evening, just fixed on the screen and, oh yeah, my kids are running around. I should be helping out. But he is permanently there fixed. And, and Jesus, he's every moment of our lives, he's like, how can I help? What can I do? What can I do? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I want to talk back. I want to talk back. Just listen, just listen. You're worrying about this. Let me, let me help you. Think about this. Think about the word. Remember that scripture you memorized when you were seven? The Holy Spirit is there. His presence in our lives can help us live in ways we couldn't possibly live on our own. That's incredible. There is more capability within us if we allow the Holy Spirit to do His job. We have to make way for the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now I realize Life is difficult, and it's not always easy to be a godly, good Jesus follower, is it? No, it's not. Especially if you have a 12-year-old and a 2-year-old. It can be very difficult at times, because 12-year-olds think they're adults, right? They haven't reached the threshold of 18, maybe 20, or 35 when they finally get it figured out. They're like, no, dad, I know how to do this. No, dad, my way is better than, okay, okay. Dear Jesus, help me from not sending her to you directly. I'll be honest. But then the word says, think about what's right and honorable and lovely. And if I allow the Holy Spirit to do his work, he'll speak to me. Say, Brandon, she may be a pain in your tookish but I have given her to you. I have given you the blessing and the honor to be her father. Display love. Display Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> I, I put joy and peace together, so a new word. Display joy. Display peace. Patience, Brandon. Patience. Display kindness, goodness. Brandon, self-control. Keep that tongue inside your mouth. Keep the mouth closed. I can't wire Josh up for you. You have to do it yourself. But if I work at allowing the Holy Spirit 
to display himself through me, my daughter will have a better understanding of what it is to be a loving parent and a loving adult, even before she ever becomes a parent on how to be an adult, how to love her friends at school. Because sometimes those kids just mean, jerks. I want to go tell their parents how to do something with them. But it's not my place. But if I teach my kid how to display love when that kid is just a mean kid, then maybe she will learn to display love as well and to be a light. Because if I can be a light, maybe my daughter will recognize, hey, what my dad is doing, the light and the love of Jesus, that's something I want in my life. I don't want my daughter to be forced into this relationship with Jesus. This is not an arranged marriage. This is not an arranged marriage. I want her to intentionally and purposefully choose Jesus. And so if I can allow Jesus to shine through this broken and messed up, dirty, awful vessel, maybe she'll see, hey, you know what? I know all of my dad's flaws. I know all of his mistakes. But yet, he still loves to the best. And he, he's willing to admit his mistakes and to ask my forgiveness. I can do the same. I want that relationship my dad has with Jesus. Again, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are the reflections of the, the Father's presence in our lives. So we have some action steps. How can we move forward in this today? What do we need to do to have peace in our hearts today, right? That's the question that many of you are probably sitting there going, okay, how do I have this peace? How do I get it in my heart? Well, the first thing is, is you either need to begin or recommit to relationship with the Father. Recognize the restoration that Jesus came to give to you today in that inner peace. If you have not even begun that relationship, or maybe you've had that, and you've kind of just sidestepped the Father for a little bit, step back in to that relationship with the Father. Acknowledge Him in your, in your life this morning. Second, accept the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, if you are a believer, if you've loved Jesus and said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit's permanently in you. It's your choice to accept His help or not. It's your choice to allow His presence and His fruit to, to manifest and become evident in your life. So you got to make that, accept the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Third, join a community group. We're better together. It's easier to live life and do this journey as followers of Jesus if we do it together. That's why in the book of Acts, the early believers, they were all together. They spent time together. Now, you may not want to spend like 12 hours a day with me, but let's at least spend like two hours a week together. You heard it from Pastor Carolyn and Pastor Brian. We're going to be meeting every single week next year. July 16 is our first kickoff service of the year, Vision Sunday. The following Sunday, which is July 23rd, 
January. Okay, we're not taking six months off, sorry. January 16, Vision Sunday. January 23rd is our first community group of the year. As Patrick said, there's going to be one here, and there's going to be ones throughout the city. Be a part of a community group. That's what we've heard this entire last year, almost two years now. I need people in my life. So do it. Be a part. Be with some people. And fourth, climate change. Change the climate in your life. Not only is it accepting the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit, but maybe you need to change some things in your life. Maybe if we could throw on some instrumental music, that'd be great. Maybe you need to, to memorize some scripture. I think we all should do that. It should be a goal for all of us. Let's not make a New Year's resolution. Let's make an end of year commitment. I'm going to memorize scripture more. One a week. That means we end up having 52 every single year of scriptures that we have inside of us. Maybe we need to change the channel in our car or on our Spotify list to something encouraging, whether it's worship music or, or a Christian artist or something positive. There's a lot of junk music out there that is not uplifting, that is not positive, that is not encouraging. So maybe we should change the channel more often than what we do. Speaking of channel, maybe we need to change the actual television channel. Maybe I need to watch less Netflix or Via Play or Seymour or whatever you watch. Maybe we need to change the shows. Amelia and I had a great conversation this week about that. Her asking me questions, why do I watch what I watch? And I was like, ah, all right. Yes, thank you, Jesus. She's not being a pain in the butt. She's being a tool used by you to speak to me and say, all right, I can be one, a better man, two, a better husband, three, a better father, and four, a better Christian, if I maybe tweak and I change and I stop watching some of the things that I watch. It's not positive. It's not encouraging. It, I zone out. So that's my excuse. I can just zone out to some of these things. But we also have to watch what we allow to come inside of us because we are a vessel. And so the things that we allow to be poured inside of us, guess what? Is going to come out. So if I allow garbage in, garbage out. If I allow profanity in, if I allow nudity in, if I allow, you know, just awful attitudes in, what's going to come out? I'm not saying this to, to condemn anyone because I'm the first person that needs to, to check my list. But if we want to have a greater peace in our lives, we should change our climate, affect the environment that we have with inside of ourselves, and allow the Holy Spirit to do His job. He's already permanently present. So allow Him to work through us. Can we do that this morning? Folks, we are, we are early, so this is what we're going to do. We're just going to take some time. Sophia, if you guys want to come up and just play something soft, we're going to take a few minutes, five minutes, ten minutes maybe, and we're just going to seek Jesus. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. 
when Sophia feels the timing, she'll close us up with some prayer. But if you say, hey, Pastor Brandon, I'm really struggling with something. I could use some prayer this morning. Or I could use some help. I need, the, I need to get on board with the Holy Spirit. Or I need to restore my relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to hang out up here. And I would love to pray with you to just help you begin a new journey, help you begin a fresh start, help you find the peace, help you allow the Holy Spirit to do His work inside of you. So we're just five, ten minutes. doesn't matter how long it is. We're done early, so we can, we can enjoy some presence with Jesus, all right? So take this opportunity and be in His presence because Jesus' work on the cross allows us this opportunity to be with the Father now.